This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I've always wanted to get to know you guys better. I mean, I love talking to you. I definitely want to talk with you. So after each episode, head over to thedip.com and find the Hot Off the Mess community, where I'll be posting about the topics that I cover on today's episode and more. Think of The Dip as like the new female-founded Reddit, where people like you and me can actually feel good about sharing our opinions in kind of like a safe space and talking about the things that we love. And honestly, sometimes it's fun to talk about the things that we hate. We can chat about Bravo, relationships, literally whatever you want. You can post it there. You can ask endless questions, expand on something you hear me rant about. I mean, it's endless. The link in the description will tell you how to find the Hot Off the Mess community on thedip.com. And today... You know I'll be posting about the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, all the OGs. We'll talk about, I mean, dog rescues, our love of dogs. Sophie, my guest, and I talk about so much. So first, let me introduce her. I met her on Twitter. And I just think that that's like the standard place like where everyone meets in a pandemic world. She's a writer. She's a mother to the sweetest dog in the whole wide world. Simon, guys, go follow her. Go follow Upper West Simon on Instagram. Hi, Sophie Verschbau. How are you? Um, I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I know. Longtime Twitter friend, first time interacting on (laughs) camera. (laughs) First time seeing each other's faces, not in a circle on the internet. It's lovely. And guys, if you don't follow her, you need to. She's brilliant. She's I mean, you kind of are a big deal. You wrote for the New York Times. <laughs> Thank you so much for validating the amount of time I spend on Twitter and the amount of words I write on that platform. No, people don't understand. Like, if you're a Twitter girl, like, you're a different type of girl. Like, I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I actually heard you on a pod a couple of weeks ago be like, no, no, no. Like, I'm a Twitter person, which is funny to me because you're such a big deal on Instagram. I love but Twitter. No, Twitter is like my home base. Twitter is like, I love Twitter so much. Me too. Like, if I had people ask me all the time, if you could have one social media platform and only one, what would, and I was like, Twitter. Oh, yeah. And I always say there's like a big difference between people who have a lot of followers on Instagram, not like the kind of account you run, but like influencers. No, there's a huge difference. And Twitter, I'm like, I'm not part of like, don't look at me. Just like, listen to my words. Just don't look at me physically. And I'm always like, listen, I don't tweet for anyone but myself. (laughs) (laughs) I tweet for myself only. I don't care if anyone interacts with a tweet. I don't care what happens. I usually, I don't even read the replies. I just shoot things off into the universe and just hope for the best. 
sometimes it's not the best, but that's just like the world we live in. I use Twitter like a live journal from 2003, basically. That's how I tweet. That's how I tweet. I never had a live journal, but I always wanted one. And those are the ones that had the lock on it. (laughs) And it was like pink. Oh, no, 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 no. Not. Oh, God, I had one of those. Are you talking about that actual? It was like a diary for like us 90s kids. That was like a secret. I literally mean like live journal, like the early blog website where people would just like post their feelings in the early aughts. And I feel like that's that's what my Twitter is. Just like an online journal. I was like, I was literally picturing that. Like, (laughs) do you remember that? Like those commercials? Oh, I, I had that. I wanted one so bad. I wanted one so fucking bad. And I remember I used to try to keep a diary. Like I would try to keep a diary. I've never done it. Like all this bullet journal stuff. And I'm, we're writers. Like I should have words to say, but I just pose them to Twitter. I can't write them in a notebook. Nope. And I'm like, have you seen people's bullet journals before? They're amazing. Like, have you, the people that bullet journal are <laughs> on a different level. No. <laughs> I do not live my life like that it's so organized and like beautiful like I'm an idiot I do not bullet journal okay but so let's get into Bravo so you're a big fan I'm a really big fan I truly remember the first episode I ever saw was a Real Housewives of OC episode on my friend's iPod like the first iPod that had video oh I watching that on the bus to softball practice that's like my earliest housewives memory oh my god you were a softball girl I was a softball girl I was captain of my high school team for two years (laughs) oh my god I was a softball girl for two years love that I was so bad (laughs) I was so bad I got hit in the mouth three times (gasps) Mm. what yeah, I was not good. But I really I really brought morale to the yeah. team. Well, look, not so much soft- athletic ability. Most softball teams aren't like good. Like no. we weren't good, but we cheered and we we tried. Yeah, I don't I eventually didn't try. I was like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> but I loved the girls. You know, we had a good time. Yeah. So do you remember like what episode it I mean, that's probably hard to like pin down because the early seasons of OC are kind of like a mess. They're wild. I actually rewatched the first season of OC during the pandemic in a dark place. And like, and also just listening to Dave Quinn's book, Not All Diamonds and Rose this past week. So Bravo's really been on the brain. Like they did not know what was going on. Joe was 24. That rocked my <laughs> fucking world when I found that out. I found it out recently too. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Watching these shows back with age context like taylor's 36 in season two i looked that up and did the math like that's crazy i'm 32 we like our peers <laughs> no i know like ashley darby when she started housewives i think was 28 it's alarming it's like, like it's getting Michael. weird and i talked about this with my friends i'm like it's really weird now that i'm like with love is blind i'm like those people are my age if not younger than yeah. me it's weird that i'm not at that space in my life like whereas before it was like these people felt so much older and I was like I'll never be like them and now I'm like should I try out I mean I have aged out of the bachelor like it's hard to watch because it's all people younger than me we aged out of the bachelor when we were 24 years ago years they're getting young girls 32 is like the last year that I could be the cougar on it so it very much feels like this is my last year, but it would be my full plot line. And I'm not interested in that. So that's, you know, my my only deterrent. Yeah, that's the only thing that's keeping <laughs> you from being the Bachelorette. Yeah, the only thing. What is your favorite franchise? Real Housewives of New York. Hands of down. Of course. You're a New York girly. Yeah, I grew up here. I feel like I have a lot of... Like, they're everywhere. They're around the city. We have access to these women. Like, you will just see them in the wild. I don't know what I would do. You know what's one of the scariest thoughts that just came to my head that I just literally, I got the chills thinking about it. (laughs) Being in an elevator and the door is open and Ramona Singer walks in with Avery, who I find to be so scary. And the doors close and you're in the elevator with them. Oh, I have seen Ramona at Bloomingdale's. I pretended to shop near her for like an hour while she sat on a display and talked on the phone. 
on my life. I, I was like that. on my way out and I like did a pivot and came back and pretended I was like, is this how you look like you're shopping? Like looking at items being like, Ooh, and just listening to Ramona yell on the phone. I would die. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand. Like I, to just be out and about and see Sonia Morgan, you know, Ooh, bouncing never down the Sonya. street. I would be excited, but I did like I went to the Regency once and saw Harry Dubin. Oh, he kissed me on the cheek <laughs> at the Regency. <laughs> and you know there. what? He's disgusting, but also I kind of get it. I get it. Like when I saw him in real life, I was like, I kind of understand what the ladies he's are like talking magnetic. about. He's so magnetic. He's so mm-hmm. charming. And you're just like, am I into this? I am. I'm going to say that I'm into it. I, I always understood Harry Tupin. <laughs> now, you know who I didn't understand is Tom. Oh. The bald I, eagle. I, the bald eagle. I just remember them trying to tell me that Luann was in a penthouse apartment. Like, everything about them was just, it was a sham. And Bethany could not allow that. She was like, stop calling it the penthouse. <laughs> it's a fucking apartment with a patio. Like, relax. So I am a diehard Bethany girl. I am almost always team Bethany. Oh my God. I am a big Bethany girl myself, especially with like everything that she's doing with like Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, she's incredible. Like, honestly, I know that we as a nation should never elect a reality television star to be a president, (laughs) but I think I would make an exception for (laughs) Bethany Frankel. And I don't know what that says about me, but the woman gets shit done. She would get so much shit done. So much done. I mean, she is an action girl. She's about action. She's like, I am getting on a plane and I'm going to Poland. That's what's happening. She and her good deeds are part of one of my most, I think maybe the most cringeworthy moment. And well, I'm now thinking of the most recent season and like the Black Shabbat dinner, which I can never, ever think about again. <laughs> but when Bethany yeah. took Dorinda to Puerto Rico and she got, Dorinda got drunk in front of the business partners, like that, I did mm-hmm. a full series rewatch during COVID. Also, you know, like what else was I doing? Of course. And that, holy crap. That is, I don't know why we don't talk about that more. That was wild. I don't think we talk about it enough because it was kind of overshadowed by the whole Carol thing. Mm. But like, Dorinda was a demon on that trip. And I'm like, what? what is going on here? Like, it, it was very weird. It was not okay. She was like yelling at like the best people in the world who were doing all this philanthropy. She was like, These like kids aren't know. going to college. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Dorinda. It was dark. Was like, my God. She was like, the kids in Haiti aren't going to college. I was like, oh my God. I would literally, I would that's never funny. talk to her again. And Bethany was like, I, I still love her. I know. Well, that's sad. I miss Dorinda. I, I'm really worried um, about New York. Like, I. I'm scared. Keeps me up at night. Yeah. Keeps me awake. I can't believe, like, I shut off New York at the end of the last season. I never thought it would come to this. It was unwatchable. Same. And you know what I was about to say? I didn't watch the reunion. There was no reunion. Like, I don't, there wasn't. Insane. (laughs) I was about to be like, I also did not watch. Like, no. Because I, because like with Orange County, Kelly Dodds last season, I didn't watch the whole season, but I watched the reunion. Mm. and it was disgusting but with New York like I had to turn it off like and I those were my girls like that is where I like that was like my home base and I felt like I felt like my parents betrayed me like that's how I felt like I felt like my mother's disowned me I was like I don't know these women this is really just probably the most embarrassing thing I'll ever share in public but like I own seasons two and three on iTunes I don't know why like I must have downloaded them in college or something and I now I obviously don't need to watch them on iTunes we have streaming platforms but I do a rewatch mm-hmm. of two and three like once a year and they are maybe my oh. two favorite seasons of television I gotta say I love season three so much I love the frivolous arguments that season two has, but I got to say season four really does it for me. And I know it gets a lot of shit. With Cindy Barker? I love, (laughs) love, 
Love that season. Love it. Morocco. I could watch them in Morocco for eternity. Luann was at like her best. Luann is like one of those women that like, honestly, is is like iconic. She is. I went to New Jersey (laughs) to watch her perform. The cabaret? Yeah, like far in New Jersey. And how was it? So look, I was very drunk, as one does, and I had a great time with my friends. You can't be sober. You can't be sober at Luann's Cabaret, Countess and Friends. Shout out to my housewives partner, Lindsay Jacobson, who is my just everything with the housewives. We traveled there. It was really bad. Like, really. Like, I knew it would be bad. I'm not crazy. But, oh, boy. It's it's rough. You know what's (laughs) bad is, like, because I saw her at BravoCon and she was Mm. so late to come on and everyone was like, where the fuck is she? We don't really want to see her that bad. But the worst part about the whole Luann thing is I wish that she was more in on the joke. That's the whole, that's the worst part of her. She actually thinks she's good. Oh, she thinks she's a star. (laughs) Like she, when she said at that reunion, I was asked to be in Chicago. I was like, (laughs) Luann. Mimi Leakes was asked to be in Chicago. Like, right. You were maybe asked to go to Chicago. You weren't asked to be like in the, the fucking Broadway production Chicago. This is why I love season three, because it's when her yeah. musical career starts and there's that bizarre producer. And he says she's like, it's like, ooh, and then she goes like, ooh, feeling James Brown. Ooh. In that, and it is so painful and she's so happy yeah. with herself she is thriving there she needs Jacques at the end like end of season Jacques three is Jacques is so hot I have multiple friends who have like been hit on him in public like out in the wild he's lingering they hit on him or no he, he hit on like them. hit on them <laughs> and they didn't no I don't know anyone who's gone on the way I know a lot of people who have matched with Jason Hoppy which is like run no, these people are accessible, Sam. They're everywhere. Because I don't know if I would say no to Jason. No, 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 no. He's listen, crazy. Listen, <laughs> they're both monsters. Horrible. <laughs> but, but I would just say yes, simply just to see what I was like. He scares me, although but I will say like. Hot. Oh, he's, I'm sorry. I'm attracted to him, to be clear. Okay. <laughs> I just think that he, like, got arrested for stalking her. So I'm personally choosing to opt out. But I will (sighs) say watching them fall in love in season three is, like, genuinely very touching. (laughs) It's so touching. I know. And then you get to watch Bethany Ever After. And you, it's, I love, you guys, buy that seat. They're on iTunes. No, they're on Amazon. You can buy the Bethany Ever After and Bethany Getting Married seasons. (laughs) Because I've what? done it, I've purchased, I purchased them. Um, <laughs> yes, love I them so much. know what I'm doing this weekend. It's so, it, you know what's amazing about it is because you know how everything plays out now, and you start to see the little thing, and you're just like, oh yeah. my god! And now to see Bryn like as a like a full blown like preteen. Bethany loves her so much. Like Bethany's love so for that child. It's beautiful. I'm just really happy. I know she's not a perfect person. I know she's deeply problematic in a lot of ways, but I just really root for her. What people need to understand is that Bethany fans, such as ourselves, we fully accept her flaws. Yeah. Like, totally. We're very aware that this woman is like, got problems. Unlike the Teresa fans. I saw you posting some things about New Jersey. I'm a little out of the Jersey loop, I will admit. You don't need to jump back in. (laughs) It's stressful. It's stressful to watch it. You feel like you're on top of it. And then you go online, specifically our homeland Twitter. And you are like, what show is everyone watching? It's wild. What are people getting wrong? (gasps) That Teresa does nothing wrong. I mean, Teresa's perfect. Teresa's not perfect. I was like, Teresa Giudice? No. Fabellini? Yeah, and she's engaged. They're all engaged to people now. They're all just so tan. They're so tan. Oh. Oh, yeah. They're so tan. Okay, you guys. 
we've been babbling on, but it's been amazing because I could literally talk about this, obviously, all the time because it's kind of my job. But um, so today we're doing something a little different for Bravo Friday because I am kind of going away on a little Mexico trip. And yes, I have my COVID test sitting right next to me. And yes, it is negative. We are covering season two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it's one of the best seasons of of Housewives of all time. Breaking news, in case you didn't catch it in like 2010, we are here. We are here in 2022 covering a season that that took place, was filmed in 2010 and 2011. (laughs) You know, to revisit this season for this was like, I felt alive. I was like, this is Housewives. I was so excited to watch it every night. Like I was already, I saw you posting about watching it. And so I was influenced to watch it myself. And I've actually influenced Mm -hmm. some other friends who are now watching it. So it's been a really fun chain reaction. But I just, this was a, look, I'm going to say this is a dark season. But it somehow felt fun still. (laughs) No, I know. I completely agree because there was so much going on. Uh-huh. Like so much happening. Like obviously there's the Taylor Russell stuff, but then you also have like the Lisa and Adrian stuff, the Jiggy versus Crackpot stuff. You get the like, you know, you get like the Adrian. Okay. I don't know about you, but I watched the season when it was first out, like when it was live. Same. Yes. And I remember loving Adrian. I, I remember her. thinking Adrian was like a bad bitch. I find her baffling. I find the tinsel in her hair baffling. I find oh, yeah, I made that note. Her relationship with Paul really baffling. Like in a season of dark things, their <laughs> relationship is kind of the darkest part. No. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Because I remember when it was on, I was like, these two have a great time together. They're just like ribbing each other. No, these two hate each other with everything inside of them. They They want each other dead. Uh, Truly watching them. She'll say, she'll be like, well, we spent eight minutes together. That was a lot. And you can tell that she's being serious. Like anything he says. And we know that Mm -hmm. they break up, but like, how did they even stay together this long? I don't know. But like, I mean... (laughs) I was looking for my note on this. I will get to it. I literally just had Paul and Adrian hate each other. It's genuinely hard. Why are they still together? That's what I wrote. <laughs> I'm, And it's like, then now we know Paul from Botched, <laughs> where he's a lot lighter. Like, he's a lot, like, goofier. Him and Terry are, yeah. like, you know, saving people and doing all that. So he's more likable. But this, he's not likable. I, I don't even find him. I mean, also in the... In the reunion, when they do like a split cut between Mauricio and Paul and their bodies and stuff, I was like, oh, come on. Like, he seems like an okay man. No, that was tough. And it's like, Mauricio is just like that, that like husband. Like, that is what we all, I mean, I don't, okay, maybe not all of us, but I would love to have. I I truly texted my friend who is now watching this also. Mauricio is my perfect man last night because I am, first of all, he is Jewish. So he is perfection. I'm in love with him. He's like the best husband, the best father. Seeing him with Portia, who is so cute, I could die. She was the cutest fucking kid. So cute. She couldn't pronounce words for shit. (laughs) And I loved every second of it. I was like, I love this child. I would protect her with everything I had. With her little tutus. Oh my god, her little tutu swimsuit. She's a star. And when he was like throwing her in the pool, I was like, my ovaries exploded. No. Honestly, was like, Mauricio makes this. you want kids. For sure. He's the best dad. Oh yeah. I'm like, love. And what I love is like, they love each other. Like Kyle yeah. and him love each other. And when people start... With the he's cheating, he's done this, they have no. an open relationship, they're swingers. No. I immediately am like, how dare you? No. How fucking dare you say something like that about my mom and dad? Yep. 
they are beautiful. And also I did find it very refreshing to see them this season. Like they're not gross with their money, even in normal seasons to me, like in the way some people are, but they are so much less wealthy in this season than they eventually become once Mauricio has the agency. And like, I love that Kyle's like, I'm shopping at Target. Like they seem for housewives, like pretty down to earth in this season. And I found it refreshing. I did too. And I mean, if you go back and watch, like, first of all, she picks the best houses. Like overall, the houses that they have lived in through all the seasons, like have been my favorite because they're so homey and like warm. And like, I just love seeing her as like a mom. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw a lot more of that in the earlier seasons because her kids were so little. Yeah. But yeah, the cutaways between Paul and Mauricio are... Those were kind of mean. I was like, oh, don't do that to Paul. Like, let's not body shame. It was very 2010 Bravo. It was, we were still in the like millionaire matchmaker flipping out era. Like where, where that was what that was the thing to do. I loved millionaire matchmaker. Like I wanted to go on the show. Not because I wanted to like marry a millionaire, but because I just like wanted Patty to set me up with someone. (laughs) Oh, I know. And I love that, like, Patty is, like, single as fuck. <laughs> and, people, and like, that was the thing people would always say to her, like, you are a matchmaker, but you're alone. And she's like, what? She was disgusting. <laughs> I mean, she was one of the most problematic people Bravo's ever had. Oh. But, God, I loved watching that show. Like, can we do a Me too. woker reboot? Because I'd like to yeah. see that again. Like, someone just that's a little, like not telling the redheads to like dye their hair. She's yeah. like, men don't like redheads. Go home and dye your hair and come back tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she was always telling the curly haired girls that their yeah. hair was ugly. She's like, straighten it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, this woman is a demon from fucking hell. To get a millionaire. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Hot Off The Mess listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash H-O-T-M. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well. But how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? We go through our seven-step skincare routines, take yoga, go for walks, but let's talk about mental health. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does, and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Whether it be after a breakup, in the middle of an ongoing pandemic, therapy has always been there for me in the best way. I never regret going, and even on days I don't feel like it or days I just don't think I'll have much to talk about, those are usually the days I get the most out of it. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. That's betterhelp.com slash H-O-T-M, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash H-O-T-M. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Big Tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. So I need your thoughts on like the Taylor situation. I mean, like in regards to the how the women treated her. I when I rewatched this, I was shook by it. I was like, wait a minute. What am I watching right now? Like, so Taylor 
If you guys aren't familiar, Taylor Armstrong was married to Russell Armstrong, one of the worst people we've ever been subjected to. And he, I mean, I can say this without saying the word alleged, because I think it's been very documented that he was abusive. Um, He's no longer with us. He uh, committed suicide in between season two and three. So that's, sorry to start you off on a dark note here, but... He was abusive. And so she would tell the women this stuff like off camera, like being honest with them and vulnerable. But then when she's around him, she has to act like everything's fine. They have a great marriage. And it's just like she's starting to feel. Look, this is so dark. And it's just honestly pretty wild to be watching it play out on the show. So as I said, I've been listening to Dave Quinn's audiobook. And so between like that and the reunion, like putting together all these pieces, I feel like I was like hearing and seeing so many different sides of this unbelievably sad situation. And she's literally mm-hmm. talking about how like her jaw was hit out of place and she has a black eye in the last episode. But she also said like mm-hmm. she thought she'd be safer by being on camera. And so, I mean, there's just I no know. right answer. Like she was trying to survive. And I hated how... Adrian specifically was like, well, we've never seen it. It's like, what? Do you think that that's how this works? Like, you think like that? No. And they're like, Russell's never been nothing but nice to us. Like, yeah, that's usually how abusers are. Yeah. Utterly wild. I mean, just a very not 2022 2022 thought, I would hope. I will say the thing that deeply upset me was Ken talking about therapy in one of the earlier episodes. That was disgusting. I wanted to smack him across the face. Yeah. He, so Taylor was talking about how Russell and her are in therapy and she's like getting so tired of talking about herself all the time, blah, blah, blah. And Ken was like, if I ever have to go to therapy for my marriage, like I would just never do that because I just I can figure it out on my own basically. And it was like so weird. He literally said it makes you weak. You're admitting weakness. I do feel like Taylor, she's clearly trying so hard to keep it all together. She's a young kid. I mean, faulty her for anything this season. It's just like she was trying to survive. And I think a lot of people's reactions are in some ways understandable. I don't think that a lot of these women fully knew what was going on and were confused. I mean, the reactions of I haven't seen it, so it doesn't exist are ridiculous. But I think in some of the other cases, the women were just like, I don't know what to say or do right now. Right. They were like, like, I think most of them were coming from a place of like concern, but also confused. And Mm -hmm. I think you have every right to feel however you want. Like, the women were basically like, you're telling all of this and you're on a show, but we can't talk about what's going on. And it's like, it's hard. And then when Russell sent the email to Camille. Insane. And then the, one of the most chilling fucking scenes of all time, Russell and Taylor were leaving Kyle's white party. They had just got basically kicked out because they mm-hmm. he had sent a threatening email to Camille. And he's sitting in the back of this limo and he's saying everything Camille has said about our situation is a lie. And you can see it on Taylor's face that she's like, I can't admit to that on camera. Like, she's like, because if they ever divorce, she's like, he'll use this against me and be like, see, she said here that I never did that. So she's like thinking in her mind, like, okay. And she's like, well, I'll say it's an exaggeration. And he goes, no, it was a lie. And I just got the biggest fucking chills. I'm like, this little master manipulator. Oh, he's just terrifying. So, so upsetting. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. with her and so much of the stuff with Kim, like I said, it is a really fun season to watch, but it's dark and it's pretty heartbreaking, especially knowing that like future seasons, we would like talk about like Lucy, Lucy apple juice for like an entire uh, season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and when, so the beginning of the season, Kim is fairly clear. Like, she seems, like, when they were in Aspen or Beaver Creek or wherever the fuck they were going, she was, like, so nice to Taylor. Like, she was so warm to Taylor. She was, like, trying to take care of her. She's like, I want to, you know, like, she's trying to help her. And that just, like, you know, you saw that side of Kim. And I was just like, I don't know. I have, listen, I love Kyle. I do. But when it comes to her relationship with Kim, I struggle a little bit. Mm. Because... 
I find it very weird that she's still friends with Lisa Rinna. I was going to say, is she an enabler? Uh, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Our favorite word, enabler. It's not even like... Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Remember that? That was hell. I just don't know how you could be friends with someone who like says your sister's close to death, who like says all these crazy things. Like it's just wild to me, but then hates Brandy. And to see, to see the initial reaction that Kyle gives Brandy, I was like, oh, so you're the problem here. Brandy's not the problem. They are so mean to Brandy when she first comes in. Oh my God. I don't remember it being like that mean. And then I watched it and I was like, they're horrible. It's like they snap first and then Brandy just bites back. Like, honestly, I game night. We don't talk enough about game night in terms of like game night all time best strings of episodes. Like this is dinner party from hell level. There's no food. Like we're eating breadsticks. Like Dana is no food. (laughs) Watching them trying to like eat the meringue. I was like, Dana, you're a party planner. Can we talk I know. about Dana? When they walked in and they were like, what is going on? God, Dana fucking Pam <laughs> is one of the best characters we've ever met. When she really she, brought when, levity for this season. She, her, like one of her first scenes is when Taylor and Kyle go to her house and she just so happens to have pamphlets of her child sprawled out on a foyer table and then she's trying on jewelry i'm like he speaks thai samantha i when kyle's reaction to that was like what (laughs) that's when i love kyle when she's just like what Mm -hmm. the fuck like yeah all the women insane and everyone's reaction to dana pam was like this woman is so thirsty and it's so transparent and it's so cringe like watching dana sit kyle down and be like we are on this journey and we're together and we're we're gonna do it together sorry i don't remember how taylor is wrong i said her age wrong before dana's 36 you're lying dana is 36 that's who i looked up dana pam dana pam is a 36 year old woman just 45 on a good day i'm shook yeah. She seems so yes. Uh, wow. <sighs> That's troubling. I don't It is troubling. Oh my god. I mean, she is an all-time great friend of. Like she's what people think rich people talk like. She's a thousand dollars, did you know? It's just like what? Ma'am. Yeah. And they were, and just, and what was the best is their reactions to her. Like, so she was acting a fool and they were literally looking at her like, this woman is so crazy. And when they brought her out at the reunion for four minutes, <laughs> to sit on that chair, I was like, this, <laughs> to sit on that chair. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, I felt bad for her because I'm like, she probably thought, like, I'm going to come to this reunion, guns blazing, like, I'm going to take, no, you are gone and we'll never see you again until season three when she's smoking a cigarette out of a votive. Oh my God, I forgot votive. about that. Yes. I would love she's to wasted. see her come back. Like, can we see? I mean, wasn't she on the Erica Jane documentary? And the Jen Shaw one as well. Oh, in both of them. Yes, she's getting her coins. I would love to watch Dana Pam interact with Kathy Hilton. I just have to say, because obviously we're talking about a much earlier season, but Kathy Hilton is one of the best things to happen to me in the last year. Like, I think about Hungry Dory at least twice a day, every day. And they say yeah. Hunky Dory a couple times in this season, just in passing. I noticed. <laughs> I noticed in my first thought, I was like, Kath would love that. I actually think Kyle said it. And I was like, how has she never heard Hunky Dory before her sister says this? And the thing with Kathy Hilton, we're going to pivot to Kathy really quick. Sure. Is she's just like, she also explains so much about Kim. Uh, She explains everything. She's just as weird. Like, she's just so fucking weird. And I love it. I think that Kathy has been so rich for so long that it's like she's actually not grounded in our reality anymore and like i'm okay with that because it feels so harmless 
Like she's mm-hmm. just confused. She's drinking Red Bulls at two in the morning. Like she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't have to open cans herself normally. And that's nope. fine. No, like that's a level of wealth. And for as long as she's had it, I mean, I think her and Rick got married when she was at least like 20. Yeah. So, I mean, like she's had this level of, like I said, wealth for so long that, like you said, it's not coming from like a I'm richer than everyone place. Like I feel like Erica Jane tries to do or a Dorit, like where money talks wealth whispers. And it's like, Kathy is that. Kathy is like, I have so much fucking money. I will throw fucking pedicure sandals in my $12,000 bag and it's not a problem. I love her so much, but that's what makes it so fresh, especially on Beverly Hills where they are trying, especially with the fashions. They are trying so hard. And then Kathy just like shows Mm -hmm. up in a caftan and it feels nice. And that caftan is probably more than my rent. And it's like, she doesn't care. No, she doesn't give a shit. She's like, I'll wear a bucket hat. I'll throw on some shades. I'll shuffle around the house at 3 a.m. and wake everyone up. Like, she doesn't care. She lives in an alternate universe, like you said. And uh, that's the thing. I've said it a million times. I've wrote about it. I've talked about it nonstop is death to glam squads. They have ruined housewives. This was a good example. Like watching these earlier episodes, I was First of all, these women are dressed so normally compared to what happens now. Like they go to a luncheon and they're in like, they're like, this is Dior, like personally made for me. And these people are like, look, they're wearing, you know, fancy stuff that's expensive, but it's just like off the rack. It's not a moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a moment and I don't need it to be moments. I don't need them to be. Dorit and all that shit. I just, I, and I mean, we even saw that on New York this past season where, where we had, what's her face? Leah and Ebony doing, doing glam and Ramona and Heather, the OGs and Luann were like, what are you guys doing right now? Like in Salem, Massachusetts. Like you don't need that. Yeah. Like you don't need that in a town in Massachusetts. If your makeup artist is in a full-blown hazmat suit, you don't need it. <laughs> That's when maybe you should be rethinking priorities. Like when I saw those people with the full-blown, like they looked like those people from Monsters, Inc. And they were doing like their contouring Leah McSweeney in a basement in Salem, Massachusetts. I was like, what is going on right now? Yeah, that was pretty wild. And especially Ebony was, was like, I great. can't, like I'm going to be two and a half hours late. I was like to lunch in Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. I would lose my fucking mind. I am someone who I really, really, really do not like when people are late. Me like either. I don't like when people are like 10 minutes late. I'm like, it's so rude. <laughs> like, this I is why I was so horrified annoyed. that I was in the wrong room for our talk because I despise tardiness. <laughs> despise. No, like one time I remember I went on a date once, this guy, and it was at like he lived in the same kind of neighborhood as me. And he was like, let's go to this bar. And I was like, fine, whatever. So I get there. It's time we said, because I'm not playing those games. I'm not playing the game of I'm showing up five minutes late, be casually late, whatever. Like, I am punctual. I'll be there at the time we say. And he strolls in 15 minutes late. I'm like, you lived on the street. And then he had the audacity to take his retainer out at the fucking (laughs) table. I was like, I have to leave. Wait a minute. Like, I have to leave. Invisalign or like he had a retainer? I think it was Invisalign, but to take it out at the table with the saliva strings just was Okay, too much. this is a real, like, things that I did at 22 that I would never... Well, honestly, probably do at 23. But one of the earliest yeah. dates I... Online dates I ever went on, like, when I was too embarrassed to tell my friends I was, like, online and, like, would lie and say I met someone at a bar... Because it was like, oh yeah, two thousand twelve or like, whatever. That was a time. Yeah, there was a time that it was like you didn't do that. That was like lame. Yeah. I was like on OkCupid yeah. for like a year before I told anyone. But I met up with a guy at a bar. He was ninety minutes late. Kept texting me that he was around the corner and not to leave. And then he had lied by about his height by like eight inches. And I remember he was like, so he like sat down and I finished my drink and he was like, should we get another one? And I was like, no, I've been here for 90 minutes. and just like got up and left. Yeah. When he said I'm around the corner, he meant just a corner. <laughs> yeah. Like, just somewhere. He kept just being somewhere like, don't in the leave. city he's around. Yeah. He kept being like, don't leave. I'm right there and I'm 22. So I'm the like, then Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Like thinking about the things that we, I would like kind of put up with. 
at 23 or 24 and I look at it now and I'm like, never in my life. Certainly not. But I do that. No. No. If someone's 90 minutes late, you're dead to me. If someone, anything, I recently just reactivated my dating apps and people are really just continuing to be so brazen with their like, come meet me right now. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Like, can you oh say just God. Are you thing? What dating apps are you on? I am on Bumble and Hinge. Okay, those are good ones. I mean, Tinder, I was banned. Huh? Um, yeah, I was banned from Tinder. It's unclear why. I was on it for 20 minutes. It was 4th of July. I feel like <laughs> I don't know what happened. But anyways, uh, it was a big... That's why I was so angry about the Tinder swindle. I'm like, how is this man on Tinder? And I was banned. <laughs> like, I can't how? watch that. It's like too real. It's so insane i'm not giving anyone my money like never just so crazy i'm like what kind of credit score do these women have to take out two hundred fifty thousand dollars? wild the bank would literally laugh at me (laughs) laugh i don't i mean that's like an insane thing to say like more than your salary for multiple years let me have that money like what for love i'm sorry no but i don't love anyone (laughs) i don't love myself that much like (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> same yeah like, are you kidding okay back to housewives sorry back, back to, to housewives. housewives back back to housewives okay this is when we meet brandy glanville and we kind of yeah. talked about it the women were really horrible to her i mean kim and kyle ultimate mean girls hiding the crutches <laughs> i screamed when brandy glanville was playing that game and she said he's a famous black person oh my God. and it ended up being winston <laughs> churchill <laughs> I will say that their reaction, the other women to that was priceless. That was quite painful. I mean, when she said, so I haven't seen that season in a long time. So when she said a famous black person, blah, blah, blah. And then she started giving the clues. I was genuinely like, who is she talking about? And then she said Winston Churchill. And I was like. I was thinking that this was like a Z-Way moment. Like, you know how she quizzes people about african-american history and so i was like oh my god like this is gonna be some moment and then i was like oh no she's just really dumb yeah it was bad i want to know who she thought he was like that's yeah what i want to know i needed but the women were just really horrible to her like when kyle kyle the thing that really bothers me about the earlier seasons is they were all very prudish Yes. Like you couldn't swear. Like you had to wear certain things or else you were slutty. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Okay. Like when she said, what did she say? Cunt. When everyone like lost yes. their minds. I can't. It's also the way that they all talk about drug usage. Like everyone calm down. Everyone calm down. It was wild. And and it was crazy because I really, really loved seeing Camille kind of like really like Brandy. And she yeah. was like, no, Brandy's funny. Like Brandy's like, she's joking about herself. Like it's really not that serious. And then, I mean, this trip to Hawaii this season was probably one of my favorite cast trips of all time. They are so hot when they are sitting there and they They're... are getting misted. I was like, holy <sighs> shit. What? No, I no, you don't understand. I was like, that their bodies look like that? <laughs> unreal they've had children well brandy camille had a surrogate still like her body was banging and then that man that was the highlight of his highlight of his life and she was just like he was like yes he was like shaking he yeah and brandy was like not the face not the face and then camille was like her body was moving in some sort of way and then <laughs> she was getting misted, and I was like, Camille. Camille has always like, yeah, really was, moved her body. She's always really sexy. She always, like, she's very, like, I'm a dancer. Like, she loves doing, like, a body role. Mm-hmm. You know? I, you know, I love Camille. Didn't love her Brett Kavanaugh takes, but. Oh, I she forgot about laugh. that. Yeah, I forgot wow. about that, too. I'm sorry I brought that up. Back I to did. loving Camille. <laughs> yeah. I well, I, re- I mean, as I remember, like, Camille season one is the worst. And she really had a redeeming right. moment on this show. She was light. She was fresh. She realized that mm-hmm. America hated her and changed her ways. Yeah. And I appreciate that. She course corrected. She course corrected the best I've ever seen. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's rare to have someone come in and be hated so much. I mean, that was the first time I really saw... 
the housewives on magazines being like, this woman is the most hated woman yes. in America. And I was like, what? I'm like, housewives? She was just so She's the most bratty. Hated? She was so bratty on the first season. And that first season, watching her and Kelsey have their marriage dissolve is brutal. Like when they go to the Tonys, oh that haunts me. Oh my God. But you know what? One of my favorite days of all the days <laughs> is when it's award season. And Camille Grammer takes to Instagram <laughs> and she posts photos at the Oscars, the Golden Globes, the Tonys, the Emmys, all with Kelsey Croft. She does it every year. And it's my favorite day of the year. I do love how she drags Kelsey this season. She's like, his penis is small. Oh. He's the worst. Like, <laughs> She's literally like, he's disgusting. <laughs> he's disgusting. Eight and I love that the other women... Yeah, they kind of like rally around her. And I really like watching Lisa and Brandy together. I kind of forgot how much I missed them together. When they were good, they were so good. Yeah, they become friends. You can tell at first Lisa like hates her. And then they become funny. And Brandy has her little, you know, flirtation with Ken, which is just all in good fun. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like them together as a trio. They're fun. I liked Brandy on Xanax. Brandy on Xanax getting on that plane, like she was just down to have a good time and she's like, my nipples hanging out. I'm <laughs> she's like, just so okay, hot. Brandy. She's so hot. And it's really oh, sad to kind of see where life has taken her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that she's talked about it publicly, like how she's like, yeah, I got too much done and it kind of like, it like paralyzed part of her face or something. And I'm like, that is so upsetting. <laughs> like, it's so upsetting. So to see her in this, it's like, yeah, she's looking so good. Yeah. In her prime. And then at the reunion, I mean, let's talk the reunion. This is a juicy reunion. <sighs> Kim is not there. And then it's like a special like dateline. Andy and Kim sit down. Like when she walks in with her purse and she's just like, hi, Andy. (laughs) It's like, what? No, I'm like, what are we watching? Like it was, it gave me such a high. And then to, this was the reunion. And I've, I've been trying to figure out like what reunion it is that Kyle looks at Lisa Vanderpump and says, being friends with you is like being friends with Bobby Fisher or something. Oh my God. That's right. Well, this is when all like the stories, like the tabloid stuff really starts to come up. It's just like okay. the radar online. Yeah, radar online. She's like, I don't need a hundred dollars. We're like, Lisa, that's not the point. You're I know, and it's like Lisa. Yeah, and it's like we do find out in Not All Diamonds and Rose, Dave Quinn's amazing book, that she did sell the story. Of course, she sold the story, and like that's mm-hmm. okay. But it is her just like incredulousness to the whole thing. She's like, How could you even suggest that? Just like, all right, Lisa. And they're like, Lisa, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what are you talking about right now? I do have to say that uh, Lisa, okay, this is tough to say. I found okay. Lisa and her family to be the most hard to watch part of this season, mainly Pandora, mainly the wedding, which I found disgusting. <laughs> Sophie, <laughs> thank you for saying it. I hate. Pandora Vanderpump. Yeah, I literally wrote Pandora as a spoiled brat. I can't stand her. I cannot stand her and her dresses and her. I just don't get it. When I thought she was twenty four, when she was twenty four, she dresses like a toddler at Talbot's. Like, why is everything she wears both childish (laughs) and dowdy at once? Like, just stop. And I look at Jason and it, it's weird. And then her, her, Lisa's strange relationship with Max versus <laughs> Pandora is also weird. Because it's also like, I get that she loves Max, but it's like there's clearly a favoritism. Because then if you watch Vanderpump Rules, yeah. you see Max like can't afford brakes for his car. He's like living in a shitty apartment in West Hollywood. He's a busser <laughs> at a Sir. Busser. And then you have... Then you have Pandora, Todd, like, I doing God knows what, selling the rosé. I, I was like, what am I watching? And that wedding was so disgusting. Disgusting. The pink, where she's like, mummy needs to be in a tiara. I was like, I'm 
going to vomit. Like if you are immature enough to think that you are a pretty, pretty princess, you're not mature enough to get married. That's the tea. (laughs) I the tea. And yeah, I I found it disgusting. (laughs) We're both like, (laughs) we're both like just cringing. Yeah. I was really upset about it. I did, however, get a small thrill when they were like expanding sir. And we know what's to come with Vanderpump. I'm a big Vanderpump fan. Oh, okay. Okay. Before we go, I do want to get your thoughts on like, do you watch Summer House or are you not a Summer House I haven't watched Summer House yet. I watch Beverly Hills. I watch Vanderpump, but I haven't seen the most recent season. But I did just do Mm, a full... You're not missing anything. That's what I heard. I did just do a full series rewatch. I do think Vanderpump is like one of the craziest shows of our time. It's the best show. It is? These like No. These people... These people are sociopaths. And I know that we see... Every single one of them. I recently told... So one of my friends has been getting into Bravo for the first time. And (gasps) I'm her like curator Sherpa through the experience. Mm -hmm. Like we just put it on at night together sometimes and press play. It's really nice. And she was going through a tough time. And I told her like watch the early seasons of Vanderpump because you will feel so good about yourself. You'll be like, oh. I'm amazing. I have my life together. Mm-hmm. Jax Taylor is one of the worst humans to ever step foot on this planet. And the fact that I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I can't watch anymore. Cause like, I can't watch these people pretend to not be bad. I don't like that. They have money now. Like I liked them when Ariana and Tom couldn't run the microwave and the air conditioning <laughs> at the same time. These people got a little jingle in their pocket and they think that they're really something else. And I want them to be humbled. Yeah. And I don't think, honestly, that Vanderpump Rules is going to come back. I would be very shocked if it came back. It just like it lost its magic. It had it yeah. left a really weird taste in people's mouths. But the early seasons of <sighs> Vanderpump Rules are some of the best seasons of television of all time. Like, yes. the, I remember watching it live and like... Sitting down and having Chris and Dowdy look at Stassi Schroeder and be like, I slept with Jax. But also when you rewatch it, because obviously, and then you watch her say, I did not. You watch truly everyone gaslight Stassi too. And like, look, I'm not here to defend Stassi Schroeder, but holy crap, do they do her dirty. And like her best Mm -hmm. friend and her boyfriend... And then a lot of people in the show are like, get over it. And I'm like, I think she's allowed to be mad about that for life. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't think it's weird that she doesn't want to be around them. Like, no. I, and Stassi's like, you all want to be around this? Like, what is going on? And then somehow she's the bad person again. I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, this is really weird. And then what's even tougher for me to watch is like, just watch Kristen comes so hard for Ariana and like be so horrible to her and knowing now that during that time Ariana had just lost her dad I was like oh my god I don't know how Ariana didn't lose it every day I would be a fucking wreck I would be like I'm not doing the show like she's always seemed like nice and normal and And normal I mean unhinged and also like the episodes with Kristen and James like those early episodes are wild insane it's so good I just watched an episode today (laughs) on season three of James and Kristen and they're washing his car and she's in a really interesting looking bikini that looks like she bought it from Spencer's (laughs) and she's like washing the windows with her boobs and he's just like I'm the luckiest man in the world and I'm like what is going on but so I dated someone whose brother dated Kristen <gasps> in high school. What did he say about her? She was crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, she's actually like, oh, unhinged. Like, her energy is so dark. <laughs> so dark. So uh, dark. Uh, yeah. Honestly, getting that, like, tiny little preview into Sir really... Really thrilled me. I mean, I just remember I didn't watch Vanderpump until I went through like a really bad breakup in my late 20s. And I binged like every season of Vanderpump that was on Hulu in like three weeks or something. (laughs) 
it it gets you through. And people, they'll DM me on Instagram and be like, you know, I'm going through a breakup. Like, what should I do? And I'm like, okay. And I give them my advice. But then I also followed up with like, watch season one and two of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, well, totally. You'll, you'll, that, you're living you'll, in a nicer apartment. You are dating better people. You have better friends. You have a better job. Like just and you are a better this. person. Oh, I yeah, am a much 100%. better person than everyone on Vanderpump. And like, I'm not confident <laughs> well, about also, a lot. Like, also, you can like put your sadness and your energy into like caring about everything that's going on with them. And you're just like, that's your focus. Yeah. So recently, I've actually had multiple people be like, why do you watch reality TV? And why do you watch the things you do? And I was trying to explain to someone, I think one of the reasons that I'm obsessed with Housewives is that I, it's kind of the same reason I love watching Succession because like, I don't have to feel bad about any of these people. So when I'm watching, like I'm watching Euphoria right now and I'm so stressed Mm. every second I'm watching because I care about these people so deeply But on a show like Mm -hmm. Housewives, it's like, you put yourself here. You have a million times more money than me. Like, I just don't have to stress. Like, you're going to be fine. And that's Mm -hmm. why I find women screaming at each other to be relaxing. I do, too. And I think also because I'm so not like that in my life. (laughs) Like, I'm not a person that's confrontational. I'm not a person that likes to, like, yell. So, like, to see people live their life like that, I just find it so – it's almost like a release for me. Like, oh, I – like, you know what Ariel gets, like, her voice sucked out? That's how I feel every time I watch Real Housewives. Like, it's a release. And also, so I'm kind of seeing someone, and I've never met a man who knows less about pop culture than him. When I tell you, Sophie, I brought up J-Lo and Ben to him the other day, as one does – and I go, you know, they're back together. And he goes, genuinely looked at me and he was like, when did they date? What? I was like, I go, you don't know that Ben and JLo dated? And he genuinely was like, That was like no. the biggest he does thing it. that ever happened in like 2002 no, or whatever. That got me into pop culture as a young child. I was obsessed with them. as, And I was in like daycare reading yeah. People magazine, being a fucking loser. I mean, I saw Julie in theaters. You, I saw Jilly in theaters. You were probably one of 20 people that did. We, I went with my camp. So like a group of like 20 preteen Jewish kids in New Hampshire saw Jilly on a trip. I love that. I don't I love know that why. so much. <laughs> I don't know why. Like what a movie. What a movie to pick. I did go see Jersey Girl in theaters mm-hmm. and that was like right when they broke up. So she wasn't really in it. Mm-hmm. They had to like cut her out a lot. But then this man also, uh, we were at the museum and there was a picture of Lizzo. I said, oh, my God, it's Lizzo. Didn't know who that was. What? Didn't know who that was. Is this the guy with the diamond on his tooth? It is. Okay, great. I just wanted to say. Yeah, diamond on his tooth that you'd ever really see. (laughs) And uh, I've just been um, thinking about it a lot. Like, no, I think about it all the time. (laughs) I think about it a lot. I like one that. time he was like, he was like, oh, I have to like go like get something on my tooth. I was like, is it on the diamond? And he was like, no, <laughs> Sam, it's not. Okay, what like, if okay. he had to like take that off like a retainer? Is this different? Oh, this is like a bracket. Like, like it's it like the size of like a bracket. It's yeah, it's like the size of a little bracket on his tooth. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah, he's very cool. I, I am like literally the most basic person in the world. So and he's just like, he doesn't know who Lizzo is. He doesn't know. He's just like. <laughs> I know the player is like not the game. Oh, um, well, he was a very like small character, but he had passed. Oh. And because I live on Twitter, I oh. knew this information 28 hours before he did. So then he oh. shared it with me thinking that he was like breaking the news. And I was like, dude, this is literally my job. I've I've known about this for Half a day, more than half a day. Okay, so you are a big, like, you foster dogs, you adopted a doggy, Simon the King. Do you, like, have any places you want to plug? Like, if people are in New York and they want, you know, to foster or adopt? Oh my God, what a great question. I, yes, so I adopted Simon through Hearts and Bones Animal Rescue. They're amazing. They bring all of their dogs up from Texas, from the Dallas area. And I'm just very passionate about rescuing dogs 
the thing is, I understand breeder dogs are so cute. And I obviously love every dog regardless of where they come from. But there's just so many amazing dogs, you really don't need to go to a breeder. Fostering is so great, you get to help these dogs on their way. And you have to figure out the kind of dog that works for you, which is really fun. And yeah, Simon is basically the best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, you know, with Ruby, like the love is just really overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Like I look at her and I just, I could cry. I do. Like my eyes tear when I look at him. I'm just like, what the fuck? I know. I'm like, I love Barb, but it's a cat is a different level of love. Like there's different, like it's a different category with Ruby. It's like, Ruby's like my, I feel like Barb, if I died, would eat my body. (laughs) She would like be totally self-sufficient. She would like learn how to work the TV. Like she would be fine. Ruby is like my child. Like I have to like raise her to be like a woman of the world. Like when we go out and about, she's got to be good. She's got to listen. I have to like teach her how to go potty. It was like a whole experience. And I've had dogs growing up. Like I had a dog with my mom when I was in like eighth grade and so on. But that wasn't like my dog. You know what I mean? It was like my mom's dog. With Ruby, it's like, this is my dog. And I kind of got her very impulsively. I was like, I really need to get a dog. And then I found this rescue. They were based in Indiana. They got their, they get their dogs from the South too, because there's lots of kill shelters in the South and they get very overrun. So they bring them up here. And that's how I found my little Rubster. And I just, she's gorgeous. I love her so much. She's, she's neurotic. Uh, She's a little, she's, how do I describe her? She's a puppy, right? She's yeah, she's seven months, but she has the personality of Donkey from Shrek. Okay. <laughs> like she just wants to have a good time. She's mm. just here to kind of like bop around, but she gets scared easy. So we're that's something we have been working on. Simon is not afraid of anything. Like I wish he would be little dogs never yeah, are. I wish he would be afraid of something. He is really, he's a cattle dog basset hound mix mostly. And he will go to the dog park and just be a maniac, quite literally a maniac, just going up, barking at every dog, trying to hurt everyone. And then he gets home and he just sleeps in his poof all day and is so chill and is a total basset hound. Guys, you have to follow her on Instagram and Twitter because every single day she posts a picture (laughs) of Simon and his poof. And it is just something I really look forward to every day. It's like, I know, I don't know anything is certain in this world, but I know (laughs) that Simon will be laying in his poof and it just makes me feel nice. Yeah, but working with this rescue and fostering is probably the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. We're actually going to hopefully start fostering together. So Simon's going to get to be a foster brother. Oh, my God. So tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me at S. Vershbow, which is my last name, on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. And then Simon's account is at Upper West Simon because he is an Upper West Side dog. Can't ever move. And yeah, those are my accounts. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you guys when I get back from Mexico. I hopefully will have some sort of tan. I TBD. I'll probably come back whiter somehow. Uh, and I will see you guys around. Bye. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.